Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. For years, I have been fortunate if I got four to six hours of sleep a night. I took one dose of this, and for the first time in years, I actually got eight hours of sleep. And I woke up, and I look at the clock, and I'm thinking, holy cow, that's got to be wrong. And I feel good. And I'm a pessimist because I have tried many different products for losing weight, for energy, for this and that. And one dose of this, and I'm blown away. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code KATE. Hi, friends. If I could ask you a favor, go to MyPillow.com and put in the code word Kate. Mike Lindell and I have partnered up not only to bring you fantastic products, but he's also helping this show. You're going to get wonderful products when you put in the code Kate, K-A-T-E. You're going to get 30% off on the products. They have specials all the time. But these, I'm not wowed easy, but these products are amazing, I have to say. The sheets, the towels, the robes, the slippers, everything, completely amazing. You're going to love it. The phone number is 1-800-873-1052 or go to MyPillow.com and simply put in the code word Kate. Thanks, you guys. I'm Carl Lamar. Lord, give us enough caffeine to change the things we can. And handfuls of sedatives to understand the mind of a liberal. The Kate Daly Show starts now. I, I'm with you, and the big loser is going to be the entire... Here's, as a vaccinologist, here's what I'm going to say it really pisses me off, is that what... What is going to happen? I, I put out a post talking about what's going to happen to public trust. If it turns out that ivermectin is effective and safe and the vaccines have safety risks that have been hidden from us. Worse than any of the potentials. Can I say to the Australian community that you should have faith in the vaccines? That you should remember that the consequences of the vaccines are worse than any of the potential side effects? Uh, and if you are eligible to make a booking, please do make a booking for your first dose and then continue with your second dose. That you should remember that the consequences of the vaccines are worse than any of the potential side effects. That you should remember that the consequences of the vaccines are worse. Oh, a little slip of the tongue, huh? <laughs> that was from Australia. Yeah, the vaccines are worse, trust me. Um, I wouldn't pony myself up for one, and I hope you don't either. And then the start of that clip was actually Dr. Robert Malone on the um, Glenn Beck Show talking, and he is uh, he has said he is the inventor of RN, mRNA, and boy, he had a lot to say about that. And he uh, said, you know, it really ticked him off that... Um, that uh, that they could be not disclosing things to us that are in the vaccine. Here is the inventor of the mRNA saying this. You might want to take, you know, pay pay particular close attention to that. Well, welcome to the Kate Daly Show. I'm excited that you're tuned in today. And of course, it's a Monday and we're going to start off the show uh, in ro- rollicking fashion. Uh, I call it our, our Red Bull, <laughs> our Red Bull moment. Man, they should be a sponsor of the show uh, for Dr. Uh, Duke Pesta and the Dr. Duke Show. How are you? 
I'm doing very well. How are you today? Excellent. I'm excellent. You know, it was interesting to hear the inventor of the mRNA say, oh, well, boy, it'll really tick me off if, if they're hiding things in the vaccine that aren't good for us. And I thought, I sure hope people are listening to this because you and I just off air were talking about the fact that most Americans still believe we're in the middle of, a, of a, I guess, an airborne pandemic. That's why they're wearing the stupid mask. But but this pandemic, they don't think it's over. Yeah. No, they don't. The, the survey I said said about one third of Americans believe it's over. Mm-hmm. Now that that's a kind of an odd, tricky way of asking it. You know, yeah. you can you can go around not wearing a mask and living a normal life while conceding it's not done. I mean, it's not like we've stopped it from happening. So it's right. it's really a vaguely asked question. But I, I'd be willing to bet it's closer to fifty fifty. Uh, and mm-hmm. so. Um, over is the operative word here. I mean, these things are never over. But to go back to what you said to start the show, I said that to me, that's the big problem. You've got, first of all, any vaccine that comes from China should be suspect. Mm-hmm. And you've, the Italians now have uh, res- rejected a, uh, a, a large dose of vaccines from China because it's not, it's not as effective as others. And so it depends on whose vaccine, right? And right. these things were wrong the market. We don't exactly know completely what's in them. And I say what I'm going to say before. I mean, my God, it's common sense. There's a reason why vaccines don't come quickly. There's a reason why we don't have a vaccine for AIDS yeah. after 40. Yes. It's not easy to do. And really, if you're going to load up a vaccine with that kind of thing that's going to help you in the immediate now, mm-hmm. uh, there's a really good sense that what's going to happen to you in the immediate later is going to be bad. Yeah. And yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, you're asking, particularly young kids. We, we're, I saw a statistic yesterday that has been almost with one of the vaccines of 5,000 cases uh, in young people of uh, bloated hearts, swollen hearts from taking this, these, the Modebo, believe it was the Moderna virus. And so, you know, you just uh, you never know. Right. And again, for a population of the really youngest people for almost whom never die of this and who the symptoms are never really very bad. You're asking them to put their futures on the line. I mean, what does this mean for having a child? Right. What does this mean for other diseases? What does this mean for longevity? I mean, uh, there are a whole host of questions here that 30, 40 years ago, mark my word, whatever else happens, you will be seeing some class actions about this. Oh, absolutely. Un- uh, un- uh, Indiana University sued by the students over its vaccine requirement. Um, and so you're going to see a lot more of that, too. You're going to have a lot more people suing. But just because, you know, you, when you brought up the poll, and this poll is all over the news today, by the way, where one third think that the pand- pandemic is over, rightfully, right? Because uh, it, it, just think about it in these terms, the most simplistic terms. If you were in an airborne plague, not only would you not have to take a poll to figure out whether it was real or not, you also wouldn't have a third of Americans saying it's over and two thirds saying it's still on. You wouldn't have the confusion. You would not have confusion if there we were actually in a pandemic. And so I just hope people remember that just the most obvious of answers here, that if you have to poll people and they have a mixed review, we're not in a pandemic then then basically it's just based on information coming at us, what we believe and don't believe, right? 
Yeah, I think that's right. Did you see that article? I was trying to let, put my hand on it real quick, uh-huh. where you had this liberal who was lamenting that Americans were in, in restaurants and American kids were playing outside right. and uh, unaware that death is everywhere. I mean, <laughs> you can't parody these idiots. Right. Idiot. Where is the death everywhere? That's what I'd like to know, because they never, ever can say the specifics. You know, if I ask somebody, tell me about this pandemic, why do you think there is one? And after their look of shock, they can't come up with anything except the media said and the government said well i don't i don't accept either one of those as the purveyor of truth you know even given history so i can't imagine anyone would we need to add to this discussion the Uh fact that we also can't discount the degree to which we certainly know that the who has been completely compromised by the chinese that's just a state to ignore that statement this is the who who excused china before you had any evidence to excuse them who is bowed to every diktat that the chinese communists have demanded of them at the global stage. When we stopped, when Trump stopped paying them, China doubled down paying on them. So the other, that, that thing, and what did, what did the W uh, World, Health Organist, World Health Organization, what did they do today? They said it would probably be best. We recommend that vaccinated people go back to wearing masks. Oh my gosh. They have flip-flopped on this so much. It's almost just excruciating to watch. I don't know the anyone that believes is- them. Who, the question, Kate, is who do you trust? <laughs> I, I do not trust. I, you would be a fool right. to trust the World Health Organization. I know. You would be slightly less foolish right. to trust the CDC. Yeah. Right. Yeah. These are these are political organizations, uh, particularly the WHO. It's, it's just a, an adjunct of the, the same United Nations that put Saudi Arabia and Iran mm-hmm. on the Human Rights Commission. Exactly. I mean, these people are completely untrustworthy. They're in the back pocket of the Chinese. And then you've got the big pharma companies. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you trust them? no no not a smidge no 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 there's social media telling you you're a child if you don't take them do you trust them oh i don't think i could ever trust the media on anything have they not lied to us enough has government not lied to us enough i mean how many times the fact that big media and particularly social media is 100 Mm -hmm. sign this behind this and willing to punish you if you're not on board that right there makes me pause. Right. The, whenever the mainstream medium is behind 100% behind anything you know, there's a crock behind it, a scam behind it. Hey. Then you got the big pharma, right? Mm-hmm. Who rush this, rush this to get done yep. so that they can make billions in profits. You trust them? No. Do you trust the WHO or the CDC? No. Do you trust Fauci? No. Do you trust Biden? No. No. Who no. do you trust? You know what? The who, biggest who, thing that we can do is to put the burden of proof on everyone else. Show me that I have to, that I need this vaccine. Show me that my body can't do everything it's intended to do and that I have to have this, this ridiculous vaccine. Prove to me that I have to have it because once the burden of proof is on them, they don't have any proof. That's the problem. And no one ever calls their bluff. Well, say, the, 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 this is so maddening to me. Mm-hmm. The, in, almost the entirety of the media response to this has been religiously faith-based. Right. Absolute faith that, the, of, that we know what the virus is and that the virus is the worst thing in our lives and there can be nothing in the world worse than this virus. You know, yeah. despite all the facts that in many places it wasn't any worse mm-hmm. than the flu. Right. Uh, the fact that you have thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not possibly millions of deaths that occurred in nursing homes or accidents mm-hmm. that were ascribed to COVID. Not because it happened, but because you got more money when somebody died of COVID. Yeah. So do, do you trust hospital administrators? Nope, not anymore. To report, 
No, no, me neither, right? Not anymore. When it comes to money, if somebody, I heard the horrible story of somebody dying in a motorcycle crash. Yeah. And when they brought the dead body in, it turns out that, I don't know, to some degree that he tested positive for COVID. Sure. So it was actually a COVID death. Why? Because you don't get any federal dollars for a dead motorcyclist. But for exactly. a dead motorcyclist who has COVID, you get money. It's so true. And they never came off the list as being, you know, I'm done no. with it. And so it is kind of amazing. One of my favorite memes over the weekend is it's called a Delta variant because you have to be completely asleep to believe it. Delta <laughs> is your deep sleep waves. <laughs> so at the deepest sleep that you're in, pretty much comatose, that's your Delta, you know, when it, when I, it goes I, down I, to I that. I call it a Delta strain because it almost never shows up on time and you don't even get peanuts with it anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't, that's funny. I cannot believe people are falling for a new variant strain of this when this isn't even a thing. So how do you have a new variant of something that's not a thing? I'm sorry, but the numbers have been fudged. Money has been given. The states are sellouts. I do not trust my hospital administrators anymore. They're just that they're almost like the co-equal now of a politician. I don't trust them. It makes me not want to go to a hospital. I don't know what they're about anymore. I don't know who they serve anymore. And I don't think it's the customer. Well, they do serve big government for, for yes, because all do. of this, all that money that was infused into the hospital system, uh, right? They, they've become clients now, at least yep. in this country, clients of big government. Yes. Uh, and, and they're highly partisan. The American Medical Association, highly, highly partisan. Not, not in the least bit interested in, in pro, uh, promoting right. the best medicine, but progressive and, medicine. And by the way, when that Indiana student sued uh, is suing Indiana over the forced vaccination, they're citing the 14th Amendment rights to bodily integrity and refusing medical treatment. Um, and I just want everyone to know that there is a path for this. Please, this is on thecollegefix.com. Go check it out. Out. But what's amazing is they're going to get more and more and more of these lawsuits because people are not going to take this um, sitting down. They are not going to take the fact that people are making them get shots. And even Dr. Robert Malone talked about this and addressed it, which I'll address in the next hour. But he also addressed the fact that you're going to have a lot of problems coming up because when they're mandating these things at the universities and everything else, we don't even know. And he didn't even know the problems that were going to uh, be happening because of these vaccines. So right, scary. And, yeah, I think that's exactly right. We 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 are a nation of guinea pigs now. Yep. Uh, yep. And and it is very very it is logical, rational, and adult to be concerned that the cure may ultimately be worse than the problem. Absolutely. When we come back with Dr. Duke Pesta, I want to talk a little bit about hypocrisy, China, Nike. Oh boy, Nike. Ooh. And I also want to talk a little bit about CRT, but I want you to explain CRT to the audience. I absolutely think there's a lot of people out there that really don't understand CRT. So we'll come back. I really want to go into depth on what it is. Be right back with Dr. Duke Pesta from the Dr. Duke Show. It's on my Facebook page right after this show live. You can catch it. And of course, you can look it up, Google it, Dr. Duke. Be right back. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show.
and of course, God Bless America. Remember the brouhaha was a couple years ago, and uh, radio stations were told, no, we're not, we're not playing Kate Smith's version of it. Can you even imagine? I mean... <laughs> This country's a hot mess. All right. So um, I just wanted to mention Balance of Nature. Get over to Balance of Nature. They are awesome and just doing wonderful things over there. Balance of Nature has a food supplement that all of you need to take. And the reason I say that is because this is the best, one of the best ways to get all the nutrients of the fruit and vegetables we should be eating. Good fruits and vegetables without chemicals, no pesticides, nothing. Um, they actually take the air and water out and deliver you the nutrients. I would actually have extra, if I were you, in your food supply. That would be a smart thing to have on hand. And uh, so I would order extra and make sure you're taking it every day. Um, when, when we say take your vitamins, we're not kidding. Balance of Nature, balanceofnature.com, code word Kate get you uh, 35% off and free shipping. Take advantage of it right now. I have Dr. Duke Pesta on with me. And I, I have to actually uh, preface this. I have this song, and this song just cracks me up every time I, I hear it. So here's the song. Here we go. Hip, 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 hypocrisy. hypocrisy. You're not being straight with me. You're thinking one thing, yep. other, but you're saying. <laughs> I love that song, Hypocrisy. Um, and so I play that because we have to talk about China and we have to talk about Nike, Duke. Oh, well, unfortunately, I could not hear the video. Oh, okay. But, uh, Hypocrisy. Uh, yeah. The song Hypocrisy. And let me oh, just yeah. say, yeah, it's it's a funny song. It comes from an animated show. And it's like, you're not being straight with me. Hypocrisy. And so it's so true. What did Nike come out and do? Well, Nike, I mean, my God, they came out this week and, and doubled down on their support for China. They said, basically, <laughs> we are China. China is us, to, to, to paraphrase. In other words, we are 100% China. We consider ourselves and China in, intertwined. And you know, these are the people who, who, gave, who gave $40 million to uh, Colin Kaepernick because of his protest efforts to protect black lives in this country, where you've got a, a million people, a million Uyghurs locked up and doing hard labor and being raped by Chinese soldiers. This is, no, this is not speculation anymore. Right. We have had a number of human rights organizations, very reputable ones, by far right-wing ones, not exactly far right ones, who are telling us exactly what the Chinese are doing. There have been tens and tens of thousands of foreigners who have, been, over the last 20 years, who've been disappeared in China. China kills more of, forget Uyghurs and outsiders, China kills more of its own people than every other country on earth combined mm. in terms of its punitive behavior. Jeez. So for, for, for uh, Nike to claim the high ground, right, mm -hmm. of, of anti-American protest movements while supporting and may, being made rich off the, the, the absolutely downtrodden backs of, of slave labor in China. How, how could you possibly square that circle? Right. You're right. Um, I'm glad you brought it up. These sellout companies, and there's so many of them now, I think that's what's been one of the hardest things, don't you, Duke, is not only of our hospital administrations in each hospital really sold us out, our universities have sold us out, and also our corporations. I, it's just, yeah. it's sad to watch. It, it is amazing when our major corporations who have brought 100, $120 million contracts to CEOs, people live, I mean, people making billions of dollars at high ranking positions over 20, 30 years of these companies by, by exploiting the American free market system, now who put their allegiance in China? 
Yeah. We're not going to speak bad about the Chinese. That wouldn't be multicultural. We, we don't have a right to call out the Chinese because we've done bad things to black people. So therefore, because we've done things, America's done bad things to black people. Mm-hmm. We give all kinds of corporate handouts to black people. And then we side with one of the most racist regimes in human history. <laughs> Because we get all that global, global, all that money mm-hmm. we gave away to American blacks, we got to recoup that, right? Right. By twenty percent, by two hundred percent, and so we got to open up those Chinese markets. Yeah, yeah. I am speaking of the Chinese too, and speaking of colleges, uh, Arizona. Um, you know, they did this bill to teach kids about communism. And we think, well, that's a huge win, right? Well, you would think they'd be teaching about that in America anyway. Why we have to have a bill, I'm I'm not quite sure. Um, But what was your take on that? Well, I think it's a good gesture. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've been saying this, I've been screaming this as a university professor for the last 30 years. One of the most shocking things is how pro-socialist our kids are. If you're under the age of 35 in this country, the odds are six out of 10 that you prefer socialism to communism. 60% of of those age demographics have a favorable view of socialism and about 50, slightly less than 50% have a favorable view of, of capitalism. Mm-hmm. That's a huge number. I see these kids at the university every year, and they, it's because they don't know the first thing about socialism. Right. They've never, they, they've never studied the history of socialist countries. They've never uh, considered who the great murderers of human history are. They don't understand that it wasn't just the Soviet Union, but China and the, the Nazis were socialists. Right. Uh, it's amazing how... I'm the first one to tell the vast majority of my students. I'm an English professor. I'm the one who has to tell my kids. You do realize, right, the, 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 the Nazis were socialists. It's in their name. Uh, they've never heard this before. Isn't that Granted, amazing? It's a, it's a slightly different kind of socialism mm-hmm. than what the Bolsheviks were doing, but it is still socialism. When yeah. I point out that among the very first things the Nazis did were national health care, banning all education except state public education, and radical gun control. I, I immediately point out to my kids, so are these right or left-wing initiatives? They're smart enough to know that these are radical left-wing initiatives. And so, but it's all it takes. But right. nobody ever does that. So this, this lionizing of socialism is based on absolute progressive university mythology. And so Arizona does the right thing. They, they realize it, right, that the only way these kids are falling for socialism is because they're not hearing the other side. Mm-hmm. And so they pass a law requiring the evils of communism to be taught. Here's the problem. Teachers aren't going to do it. What and what's going? What are you going to do if they don't? Okay, right. so you get them a new, you get them a new textbook, or you get them some online resources about the evils of socialism. You watch. What do you, the average teacher when they when they teach that will undermine. This is critical race theory. They will look at the history of China or of the Soviet Union not as discrete history, not as 40, 50, 60 million dead people. They will look at even if they law or law or not law be damned they will look at the history of china when you give them the the materials mm-hmm. through the lens of american imperialism while yes it's true that china killed or that the soviets had to kill a certain number the fact is is that that america is much more responsible than those countries for killing people let's not forget there's not a single socialist country in the history of the world who used an atomic weapon let's not forget right Right. and so uh this when your teachers your school administrators the entire uh, systemic nature, if we can c- use the left's word, the entire systemic nature of American public schooling is radical leftist. 
you, you expect, it would be like expecting uh, Vladimir P Putin to teach a class from the perspective of Americanism. It's never <laughs> going to happen. It's totally amazing. Oh when, my God. Where are the teeth? Right. Mm -hmm. Where are the teeth? You know, right now, under the name of critical race theory, they're requiring your students to write essays, to study, to read books that only show America in a bad light. And they're tested on that. If you don't agree with the narrative, if you try to redeem America or talk about the other side, they punish you. So what's going to happen if you, you pass a law saying we, we mandate this, the, the teaching of the evils of communism? Well, who's overseeing this? Right. What, tests are there? what tests are there? And let's say, for the sake of argument, which is what's going to happen, you will find that the textbook may be there, the requirement be, might be there, but overwhelmingly it will be ignored. And when they do take up those texts, it will always be in the context of why America is a greater danger. What, what are you going to do? to? How do you measure this? And know. if you find that the schools aren't doing it, Arizona, what are you going to do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the 1619 creator refused yep. to start her job until she was immediately granted tenure. Why? Well, <laughs> I, I find it kind of interesting that these people that are in charge of these projects, right? 1619 being one of them, one of them to showcase America in the worst light possible. Can you imagine putting your kids in public school right now from the time they're in kindergarten going up and even really preschool and having them learn to detest the country they live in? Just like the 1619 Project really does, too. I've said this before. There has never been a country in the history of the world that taught its kids such nasty things about itself. Yeah. That, that, that saw as its primary mission to educate our kids in radical contempt for the nation that's given them its freedoms. It's staggering. And think about the... You, you started this segment with the song Hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. The hypocrisy of Hannah Jones, right? She's the one who came up with this ridiculous 1619 program. She's mm -hmm. not a historian. She's right. not an academic. She's no authority on American history. She was a, a, a journalism major who got a job at the New York Times. And so she comes up with this idea, right? Forget the traditional narrative of America, about America. Let's go back, let's go back 150, 170 years before there was a United States to the moment the first slave came over to the Western world. And let's use that as the new American marker. And so, so she hates everything about America. America is systemically racist. All the perks and prerogatives of being an American. Our education system is invariably racist. And so what's the first thing she do? She gets an offer to go teach in a prestigious journalism uh, uh, program at North Carolina, University of North Carolina. And she demands tenure or she won't come. She was offered tenure. She demands tenure. So she, she gets the job without having any real credentials. <laughs> mm -hmm. And rather than spending six years like all the other professors having to prove your worth before you get a job for life, talk about entitlement. If the, if the universities are so, so racist, why is she selling herself out for tenure? Right. I mean, why are you locking yourself in to a lifetime commitment to an organization you, can, you consider to be radically white supremacist? Amen. Amen. I know. I, I saw this meme. It said uh, becoming conscious as a white person is a little bit like waking up with a bad hangover covered in blood and surrounded by dead bodies and slowly realizing that you're holding the murder weapon. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's right. All of a sudden, oh. all these deaths, right? Yeah. All these little kids, all these little seven and eight year olds don't realize that under ultra, uh, uh, that ultra light shade that, that, that they, look, they look for protein with. What do they call that? Mm-hmm. When they, those, the ultra, yeah. ultra viral light, right? Right, right, right. These little white kids, these six and seven year olds, unaware that if they were simply to put their hands under ultraviolet light, they'll have blood stains like Lady Macbeth, <laughs> invisible blood stains Can on, on their hands. It's unbelievable. This? I know. And this is what we're teaching our kids, people. And uh, and and you know what? I don't even trust, you know, my own state said no to this. But don't think that for a second they're not going to stop pushing because all these things usually go through after about three pushes. They usually get through and in some shape or form. And so you can't ever rest. I mean, they're just going to keep coming at us with all this garbage in the public well, but, school but, system. But it's the hypocrisy. Yes. Which again, started yes. off the segment. P- P- Patrice Cullors, right, who was one of the two founders of Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. uh, who could one of their major platforms, even above helping the black race, is getting rid of capitalism. Yep. And so what does she do? She, she takes all this money that's been coming in for corporations. She buys herself four homes, four homes, including a multi-million yep. dollar home in California, which she immediately surrounds with a fence. <laughs> it's that capitalism, pure, pure hypocrisy. Sucks. Oh my capitalism gosh. sucks unless yeah. you're black yeah. and telling everybody how much capitalism sucks. Wow. We'll be right back. Oh, the hypocrisy is thick. We'll be right back on the Kate Daly Show. More with Dr. Duke Pesta, my every Monday uh, co-host. I'll be right back. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. In liberating strife. Who more than self? Charles. He's so oppressed, isn't he? I mean, never had a single opportunity, never made a dime. That poor Ray Charles, even singing America the Beautiful, so oppressed because of his color, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to think? There's a guy who grew up really in a bad, in a much worse time and had much worse circumstances, to say nothing of his disability. Right. Here's a guy who, in spite of it all, loved the country. And and the, the, it really it really puts in perspective the childish, like this this woman, what was her name, who uh, a hammer, of all things, a hammer thrower mm-hmm. for the American Olympic team, who got really offended because when she was standing near the podium, I guess she took a bronze in a pre-Olympic contest, and she was just absolutely annoyed that they played the American national anthem. So she turned away and she fussed, and then she lifted up her shirt and she had a slogan on her undershirt about being an activist athlete. And all she's done since is grab, uh, gripe about the flag. Well, I got news for you. If you're go- the, the whole purpose of the Olympics is to play for a nation. Yep. This is not, not the same thing like uh, the World Cup soccer matches, for instance, although those are the same things as well. You're playing for a nation. This is not athlete versus athlete. It's the United States versus all the other nations. And given that the United States team is supposed to do very well, it's possible she's going to have to listen to the American flag anthem about 100 times at the medal round. And go. so I really think we ought to get to the point here where you don't have to play for America. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege. Yeah. If you don't like the flag, then go somewhere else. Right. Then don't you be be it exercise your freedom to dissent, not by dissing 
going to the Olympics in the name of America and then dissing it, but keeping your ass home. Right, pardon me. <laughs> Keep your butt home where it belongs. You don't want to support them. Or there are, I bet you there are a dozen countries in Africa right. who would love to have a well trained American and go play for one of them. There's nothing stopping Amen. you. Find, t- take a, let them swab your cheek and find out where your, your ancestors came from. Play for those teams. Amen. Can I just applaud? <laughs> I swear to you, I think most people really want to slap that on a T-shirt and just say, go somewhere else. Because all of the cultural changes for all the universities, all the stuff that they're embroiled in, the very, very small minority of liberal weirdos, are trying to change all this. And that's really their plea. But why did they go to teach at a university if they thought it was racist? So when the faculty speaks out and they say, well, everything's racist, well, then why would you go to work there? This is America. This is not communist China. You can go work where you want. Right. You you hit on my pet peeve. <laughs> you, you think about this because I'm a university professor. Right. According to university professors and university administrators, university campuses are girls are getting raped all the time. What is the statistic? One in four American girls will be raped on your co- the feminist the academic feminists tell us one out of four, one out of five young girls will be raped on their co- on a college campus during their college career. We keep hearing from universities how. Uh, uh, how many evil microaggressions, how much racial animus, how black and minority kids can't get a break. Okay, fine. You're liberals. You've run the universities for 50 years. Whose fault is it? Right. Who's, why, are you, why are you blaming everybody else? You have run, according to you, you're in charge of the universities. You're the chancellors and the deans and the provosts. Mm-hmm. If the universities are as racist and sexist as you say, you should be fired immediately. Yes. Because <laughs> you have had control. You didn't fix it. You won't change it. I so agree. Whining about it for, in the nature of virtue signaling is pointless. I you so have agree. You should step down, but they mm-hmm. never do. Yeah, I so agree with you. And you know what? Before we uh, before we go, I do want you to really, really walk us through the simplified version of critical race theory, because I'll tell you something. When you're going to Google this, a lot of the stuff that's coming up is this is the new rotting, uh, lightning rod for the G, for the yeah. uh, GOP. I mean, they're really politicizing critical race theory. Um, but let's let's go into some detail on what it is. The important thing you have to know, it's not a curriculum, so you can't just ban it. Uh It's not a set of books that you can just do away with. It's a way of reading and seeing books. For the last 40 years on college campuses, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, I, I, I'm, at the, I'm in the belly of the beast here, guys. I'm not steer, steering you wrong. For the last 40 years, kids were given books to read at college. Uh, it used to be the classics. But that so annoyed the progressive left, who didn't think we should be reading white men anyway, mm-hmm. that what they did is they figured out ways to read books without reading them. So we have feminist readings, Marxist readings, uh, environmentalist readings of books, queer theory, right? Reading books through gay lenses or transgender lenses. So about 40 years, how did the left get away with not actually engaging with our history, but rewriting it? Well, that's how. They invented all of these ways. Instead of looking at Shakespeare's Hamlet from the perspective of Shakespeare's 16th century world, let's look at Hamlet through the lens of Marxism. And what do you see? Nothing. You don't, you don't see what Shakespeare wrote. You see a play full of kings and queens, right? And mm-hmm. princes. 
a, a classist world where the voices of non-nobility are ignored, right? Right. You, let's, let's do a feminist reading of Hamlet. Ignore the book, right? And take the, 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 ma the mad suicidal Ophelia and make her the victim of Hamlet's patriarchy. This is what we've done for 40 years. Now, all you have to do to understand what critical race theory is, take that worldview and put it in the high schools, middle schools, and elementary schools. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what books they read. If they're books from white people, you point out how they're racist, sexist, and bigoted. If they're books by non-white people, you point out how the critique of white culture is damning. So, uh, so this is why it's so insidious. Hmm. You can ban all these books. You can uh, ban criti teaching critical race theory in your classrooms. But you have absolutely no way to stop it. Go ahead, go ahead and, and fill all the high schools up with the classics, starting with Plato all the way to today, right? Where the only books these kids are reading are the best books that were ever written. They're reading Milton and Shakespeare and Chaucer. Doesn't really matter. Because right. your kids won't be taught what Shakespeare, Chaucer, and Milton think. They will be taught what your feminist Marxist professors thinks, right? Right. These mm -hmm. books, uh, because you know, this book about Christianity, Milton's Paradise Lost, is evil because it doesn't represent non-Western religions, or it's all about uh, a, a Judeo-Christian patriarchal God. And this is why it's so hard to defeat it. You, they, you don't have to do anything. It's a, it's a mindset. It is, for the first time in American history, in the fall with critical race theory, we will, begin, we will be conceding, our educational elite, that the purpose of education is ideology, not subject matter. It's ideology, this is empty rhetoric. In that sense, it goes all the way back to its father, socialist dialectic. This is warmed over Marxist dialectic, mm -hmm. where every untrue thing, every palpably untrue thing, every lie is true if it promotes the party. And every lie, if it, if it undermines your enemies, is absolute truth. And all the logic and the reason and the truth and the empirical evidence that supports your enemy's arguments has to be marginalized. That's why they'll tell you, right? Mm -hmm. Math is compromised. Science is compromised. The empirical method is white supremacy. The fact that mathemat white mathematicians from the ancient Greek world insisted on right out, right right answers in the, the performance of math is right. white supremacy and white privilege. Hmm. Okay. Now, are the teachers then, are they schooled in how to do this? Or is this yes. something organically they're just picking up and just, I mean, how does that no. work? The, for 25 years, the education departments, the, the, you can't get a degree without going to an education to program at some university. Those education departments, think about it, Kate. Mm -hmm. When your daughter wants to be an English professor, the a high school English professor, they send the high school, they, they send the college kid to me. I'm an English professor. Your son wants to be a, an eighth grade math teacher. They send the kid to math professors. I teach the English, the, the, the kids who want to teach English, English professors teach them. The kids who want to teach high school science, the scientists teach them. The, the, educational, the education professors don't. So the education professors farm out the actual subject matters to ex experts. So what's left for the education professors to teach? Mm -hmm. Nothing but pure educational ideology. Hmm. There's no subject there. Education is a worthless, empty, empty non-subject. Right. There's nothing there outside of a course in ed psych mm -hmm. and classroom 
management. There's nothing to it. Yeah. It is, it's trivial. It's nothing. And so uh, what, what they've done is they've, the, all the education department teaches kids is this non-Western socialist theory. Hmm. We're losing a lot of our good teachers to this, aren't we? They're walking away. I've seen a lot of teachers walk away. I've seen a lot of them just have had it. They can't change the system. But the parents just don't get it. Is it because we feel like we can look back on our situation in public school and we kind of know what was in the classroom and we still think that's there 30 years later? What is it? The interesting thing is is that most uh, 58% of Americans condemn critical race theory. Only 38% support it. Another thing. I saw a survey of teachers. 60% of American teachers don't want critical race theory. 40% do. The problem is, is that if you're a teacher and you're, you're part of that 60% minor, majority, it's your superintendents, your principals. They want it. So you keep your mouth shut to keep your job. Right. And then as far as moms and dads are concerned, they don't know. They don't know how to fight it. Look, I'll say this. If there was one silver lining of Common Core mm-hmm. is that moms and dads won't be fooled again. Right. All That's the lies true. we were told about Common Core, parents aren't buying them anymore. That's why parents are up in arms. They know something's wrong, but they don't. But here's the thing. American public education is so exclusively leftist, so completely in the pocket of, of big time liberal int- and progressive interests. There's not much you can do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, Going to a, a, a school board meeting and screaming at them for 90 seconds is fine. But then after 90 seconds, they buzz you and you never get an answer. Right. They never respond to True. you. We've got places like school districts across the country, in North, one in North Carolina, and, and advise the teachers to give moms and dads fake curriculum when they come to see you right. so they don't bother you in the business of undoing America. They're lying to your parents. They're te- under Common Core 15 years ago, uh, excuse me, right before Common Core 15 years ago, the public schools were begging American parents, please help us. Please, we can't do it without your help. Then came Common Core. And under Common Core, the teacher said, stay away. We don't want you here. You can't understand what we're teaching the kids. It's too sophisticated. It's none of your business. And now under critical race theory, we're telling parents, if they get if they protest or get in our way, you're racist, you're sexist, you have no right to even know what we're doing. That's how far it's changed in 15 years. Wow. Wow. Well, I want to leave uh, people in this hour with something a little more <laughs> positive because it's devastating. Please pull your kids out of school. Uh, Freedom Project Academy is just amazing, too. I have to give a shout out for that. Uh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful school uh, you guys have there. And let me just tell you, we're going to have to pull our kids out um, or, you know, help help with the homeschooling. You grandparents out there that know what's going on. But there are some movies I want to pay. Uh, I just want to kind of pay tribute to for a moment. There's a new movie out called 12 Orphans, amazing movie. So good. It's about 1938 football team, the coach that inspired the spread offense. Make sure you go see that. It's a you know about these orphans playing football. Also, the show Mully. Um, you can actually go get Mully on, on Netflix or Prime, but what a story of faith, this gentleman. It's kind of a half documentary. It is so good. Uh, teaches a lot of lessons. What about you? Is there anything you've seen that you'd like to tell people? Because people are going to the movies now again. They're, they want to read great books. What, what would you suggest it's a very hard watch it's disturbing but i would watch the four-part documentary i think it's on amazon prime about Mm -hmm. jim jones and guyana we've forgotten about that yeah and the thing that you'll find most interesting is it started off as a 
a, 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 um, a tortured version of Christianity, a cultish version of Christianity. But pretty soon, Jim Jones, the, the, the cult leader, dropped it, and it became a socialist commune. And it, the, 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 uh, the documentary really exposes the collectivist socialism, mm-hmm. how collectivist socialism is a utopian cult to begin with. You'll be surprised how uh, what was a Christian heresy quickly became a, a huge indictment of utopian socialism. Uh, that's not the main point of the, of the documentary, but it comes out loud and clear that these we got to build heaven on earth people in spite of God, they're right. the real ones to be scared of. Oh, absolutely. You know what? I love that you I love that you pointed to that because there's some CIA involvement in that, especially with yep. the legislator being gunned down that went to go check it out uh, yep. when he went down there. And so there's so much on that that I wish people would research. There's just so much to everything in our past. Question everything because there's so many things. Uh, but the show I cited, Mully, go watch that if you'd like some inspiration. Uh, to have a little bit more faith in all these things that we're dealing with and talking about. And uh, there's just some wonderful, wonderful uh, things out there. The 12 Orphans movie is out right now. Go see it. It's a great night, great date night. Thank you so much, Dr. Duke from The Dr. Duke Show. Thanks, Kate. We'll Appreciate see you, you next week. Appreciate you. You betcha. Thank you so much. Isn't he always fantastic? I love him. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm going to discuss a little bit more about what Dr. Robert Malone said about the vaccine. Um, you're going to want to stay tuned for this. He, he cites an act that we really need to talk about called the, um, well, I'll get back to it in the next hour. Anyway, go to, for the podcasts of today's show, go to katedallyradio.com, katedallyradio.com and get the podcast. Be right back.